Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And a happy Friday. Welcome back. I'm Arlene Bynan sitting in for John Oakley today. And I would like to welcome Conrad Black is with us, of course, author, commentator and historian. Conrad, thank you for being here. My pleasure, Arlene. Nice speaking with you again. All right. And likewise, Conrad, I want to ask you about this fiscal update. I think the last time we were talking, we were talking about the discrepancy between the United States and Canada, and doesn't matter what anybody thinks, this is not even partisan politics, that the investment uh, soil is fertile in the United States. We're losing out here in Canada. Big pressure on the liberal government to do something. When you look at that fiscal update, did they accomplish it? Uh, Not the, not optimally, I would say. I mean, they, they clearly are trying to do something positive. I think their motives are good. But in the first place, we have to remember they haven't been brilliant forecasters up to now. They came into office claiming that the deficit would be quite temporary and take care of itself, and uh, there's no sign of that. Now, in fairness, um, the kind of percentage to GDP that we have because of having balanced the budget 14 years in a row under governments of both major parties is not that serious. I mean, as a weight of debt on this country, the federal debt is not all that serious. But on the other hand, you shouldn't be reckless about expanding it. Uh, what, I, what I found to be uh, more problematical was this um, business about instead of a, a, a tax cut, which had been mm-hmm. largely uh, predicted, given the need to try and keep pace with the United States, where corporate taxes are down to 21%. Uh, instead of that, they, they uh, allocated, I believe, $14.4 billion to allow businesses to write off capital costs. Mm-hmm. It was very like. strategic and not across the board. Did they make a mistake, do you think? Uh, Look, I I think you're better just to cut taxes and allow the Mm -hmm. taxpayer to decide what to do with the money that he that he now (laughs) has. And uh, and they they did not. They they didn't do that. Um, I mean, I'd rather, you know, I'm not in business in this country, but if I was, what I would rather do is have a tax reduction so that I could decide whether to spend it on capital uh, improvements or, or dividends or save it or buy, you know, an acquisition of another business or something like that. Yeah, they they focused it and tried to get it on people to expand, but it may excite certain businesses, but I think that you have a very good point. There's nothing wrong with creating that feeling that you have more jingle in your jeans, and that's certainly something that the feeling in America is out there, and the psychology of investing. The the person who made the money upon which the tax is assessed is a better judge of what to do when he has more money than than the government is. And it's not to say that the government will always make mistakes or make unjust decisions, but when, you know, the, the person whose money it is knows best how to deal with it. 
It's true, and that has been left aside. I was also wondering how you feel about this money that has been allocated. I think it's almost six hundred. The $600 million to the media, considering you are a former media titan. Is this a good idea? We know that the newspapers especially need some kind of shot in the arm. They're very challenged. It's probably a better way of putting it. Is this a good idea? Many people weighing in and wondering if this sets up kind of a a way to buy off the media. I have grave doubts about it. I, I Again, I appreciate the motivation to try and be helpful to a distressed area and i I certainly i certainly agree that we have to have a free press and we have to have in general healthy financially healthy media outlets but uh, and and i've always been in our uh, in favor of public broadcasting in this country I, i i i think we have to have a public broadcasting system and i think it has to be more generously funded but also more Mm. more how should i put this more um uh, uh, more carefully watched to ensure fairness than the CB, CBC has been. At times, the CBC has been an informational problem, but often the on-air people are very good, and, often, and in any case, we have to have it. Uh, otherwise, we're simply going to be lost in, in the, Im- the implications and influences of foreign media, especially from the United States. And not that there's anything wrong with American media for Americans or for Canadians, but we have to have some sort of distinctive media outlet here. So I'm in sympathy with the basic idea, but as I read it, and I think it's only an outline at this point, Mm -hmm. uh, the the government is setting up a panel to decide who is deserving of what kind of aid. And therein lies the problem, perhaps. It may work, but the, the chances of an absolute disaster are very great. Uh, money being wasted, uh, jobs for the boys, cronyism, partisanship, uh, the wrong criteria. You're trying to mix culture, information, and business together, and very few people have the experience, the disciplines and the integrity to do that reliably. And, you know, one of the lures people say, okay, let's say you got a big hunk of this money. Are you going to be spending that money to lace into something that you've discovered about the liberal government? You might not get that panel to give you the money. You know, there's a there's a psychology and maybe a self-censorship that could happen there. Look, we weren't asking the, the government for anything when we were covering mm-hmm. uh, the Shawinigate matters and, mm-hmm. and leading to the ad scam scandals, but but we were persecuted anyway, and I was persecuted. I was put through all that nonsense by Kratom, but a peerage. I mean, that's the nature of things. So people exercising the powers of government, great and legitimate powers as they are, in general don't like being criticized, and they certainly usually have a terrible difficulty restraining themselves from using some of the power that they dispose uh, in in ways that are vindictive towards those that aren't in their judgment, adequately respectful of them. You know, this is a fiscal update. We know that it gives us an indication on what they're going to do for the election campaign. Clearly, they think that deficits are not something on Canadians' minds. Do you think... Do you think they're correct? Because we know, I think you accurately pointed out there, one of the reasons that the deficits were not problematic is because of all the fiscal restraint for so many years before. And then if the economy gets a little shakier, then maybe the electorate won't feel the same way. 
Um, yeah, it's complicated here because there are terrible debt problems in some of the provinces, especially Ontario. I mean, at least the federal government ultimately controls the money supply. So no matter what the deficit is, uh, it, it does have, I mean, one hesitates to use such an expression, but we don't just you know, print the money anymore. Mm-hmm. You can raise the money supply and float your way over it if you don't mind incurring a fair bit of inflation. But in general, a, a sovereign country that controls a currency can deal with these things. But provinces don't do that. They have no influence on the money supply, and, and they're stuck with the debt they've incurred. And, and the great province of Ontario is an absolute fiscal basket case. So I, I, I think I think it's a, an unusual situation that the public is not so preoccupied with the federal deficit, but is aware that there's a, an awful lot of debt elsewhere in the country. You know, as we looked at the fiscal update, one of the criticisms was that, you know, this is all about the economy and money in Canada, but the haunting of pipelines is all around all these efforts. And we know that with the falling price of oil plunging 8%, we've got Rachel Notley wanting to buy. By, uh, rail cars. Uh, are the pipelines uh, going to be a point of vulnerability, do you think, for this liberal government as they head in the campaign? Well, trail? right now, they've, they've spent, I believe, four and a half uh, um, billion dollars, did they not, buying um, a pipeline whose construction has been blocked in the courts because mm-hmm. of uh, claims from the native people. And and the rumor is, no, it's only a rumor, there may be no truth to it at all, is that the government in their desperation are thinking of giving it to the native mm-hmm. people on the theory that that's mm-hmm. the only way to get it built. Now, in my opinion, the government should not be reduced to, to such a stratagem as that. We certainly have to be fair to the native people, but their ability to hold up anything they don't like for spurious reasons for decades on end is something we simply have to get over. No matter where the oil price goes, now it's going to come down because the Americans are, are retiring as importers. They're, they're producing all their mm-hmm. own production. And, uh, I mean, all, all, all but they need to consume themselves and the the um it'll come down some but but it, it is not going to vanish as an absolutely essential commodity as these more enthusiastic environmentalists claim to aspire to and uh and we should not be importing oil in eastern canada we we should build the pi- we should build pipelines east and west. And it's a straight question of the national interest in a sort of imminent domain. I mean, we, you know, we, it's scandalous that we import this oil to, to deal with the needs of eastern Canada when we should be buying it from Alberta. And it is an outrage that the Albertans are, are, receive so little on the oil because British Columbia won't allow it to go through that province, and the federal government canceled the eastern pipeline. Conrad Black, thank you. It is always a pleasure. You have a lovely Friday evening. We appreciate your time. Always a pleasure speaking with you, Arlene. All right. Cheers. Conrad Black, author, commentator, historian, as I said, former media titan, media baron. We will take a break. Let's talk. Well, I want to talk about the Grey Cup when we return. Right now, though, it's Global News Radio. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.